0: Hi, and welcome to The Point Being, the Arizona Daily Star's Opinion Page Podcast. I'm Sarah Garrett-Gasson, the Opinion Editor at The Star, and we are here with a City Council endorsement interview. We have Michael Hicks and Nikki Lee with us, uh, Republican and Democrat specifically, or respectively. So let's just go around and introduce ourselves to my right. Hello, I'm Arizona Daily Star Editor Jill Jordan-Spitz.
1: I'm Daily Star Opinion Writer Edward
2: Salaya.
3: I'm Nikki Lee, Democratic Candidate for
0: Tucson City Council in Ward 4.
2: I'm Michael Hicks. I'm running for City Council Ward 4.
0: So uh, why don't we just start with kind of a brief opening statement, um, introduce you yourself to, to the listeners, and I'm not going to record, I mean... Do the timing for for our answers for the most part, but I am going to just say about a minute and a half, just so we um, are kind of equitable on that. And uh, Mike, why don't we? Why don't you start? Sure.
2: Uh, again, my name's Michael Hicks. Uh, I've been in Tucson most all of my life. I went to Keene Elementary School, Mansfield Junior High School, Tucson High, Choya, University of Arizona, Emory College. I've been in the educational uh, realm for over 34 years teaching computer science. I was the traffic engineer or signal engineer for the city of Tucson for the past 10 years. And prior to that, I was the IT manager for the Department of Transportation and still teaching over at Cayman community college. Uh, I'm running for the seat because like my foster father, Louis C. Murphy, who was the mayor of Tucson for 16 years, I love this town, I'm part of this town, I wanna to see this town grow and prosper. I wanna do what I can to help this, help Tucson grow and become the sunshine city that it once was. Wow,
0: all right, Nikki, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right, well, thank you all for having
3: us here today. Um, my name is Nikki Lee, again, Democratic candidate for city council in Ward 4, which is Southeast East-ish Tucson. Um, I have been here in Tucson for 16 years now. I arrived eight years ago um, when I got stationed at Davis-Monthan Air Force Base. So I went into the Air Force when I was 17. Um, I knew at that time that I wanted to serve and give back and be a part of something greater than myself. And I also knew I wanted to get involved in technology. This was right before Y2K and that was all the buzz. And I knew I really wanted to go down that direction and and be involved in technology. So I joined the Air Force, went into an IT career field, and that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Um, Prior to that, I was born and raised in a small farm town in Illinois with 1,600 people, much different than the booming metropolis of Tucson. But um, that's where I was born and raised and wanted to travel, got sent four hours away from home to Missouri as my first duty assignment, but ultimately made my way overseas and did some international travel and then landed here at Davis-Monthend 16 years ago. Um, I met my husband shortly after arriving, and we have three awesome kids, two middle schoolers and a first grader. So that, that is always exciting. And my kids are very much one of the reasons why I wanted to run for office, to try to make the world a better place. And for me, that looks like doing what I can where I am. Um, after getting out of the Air Force, I had a lot of challenges in finding a job, finding opportunities here um, in Tucson. I spent a lot of time commuting to Fort Huachuca, Sierra Vista for work. I worked for companies that were based elsewhere, and I worked from home. So it it was really a struggle for me to to find work um, locally. And I know that a lot of people that I've talked to over the years have had similar struggles. So between you know being a mom and wanting to make the city as as it can be, plus my own personal struggles that I've worked really hard to overcome. Um, I want to be a part of creating opportunities for other Tucsonans and really moving our city forward. So that's why I'm running.
0: Thank you. So why don't we talk a bit about? I mean, I've looked at uh, some your websites and different interviews and things like that, and it seems that you know the economy, jobs, transportation um, are some logical shared things that you both uh, highlight in your in your materials so I'm wondering I'm trying to figure out how are you different in your approaches to economic development to things like that so if we can keep that in mind in in the answers so Michael if you could talk a bit about what your top priority is and what you specifically bring to that knowledge and how you would go about trying to make that reality. Okay,
2: well, history. I have lots of history here in Tucson. I know what the history was and how, how it came about. In regards to one of my top uh, priorities is police and fire, public safety. Uh, we need to get our police and fire back to a level, especially our police department, back to a level that is sufficient for the amount of citizens that are uh, currently our sworn police officers are. Responsible for, currently there's one police officer is responsible for about 1,100 citizens. And at and at any one time, there's only about a hundred police officers out on the roadway, which is not not very safe, I believe, for our citizens here. So that's one of my major topics. And people have asked me how you're going to do that. I mean, said I'm going to go through the budget. We're going to look at the budget. I mean. The the core parts of the city the charter is public safety, roads, pub, and uh, parks, and we need to start looking at that again and start trying to take care of those. Uh, although I am the I, I'm the
0: director of IT and ITS and uh, MIS for
2: SunTrans, SunBand, Sunlink, there's the transportation side of that. So. In regards to the transportation, which is the second part that I wanted to go through, is I know the roads. I know which roads are bad. I also ride a motorcycle, so I know where all the potholes are too. I also know where all the signals are that need to get fixed. We have what we utilize is we utilize cameras for the detection of traffic, and I know which ones are broken, and I see people sitting there and getting frustrated we need to get those fixed. We need to prioritize how we do that and get that done. So I know how to do that. I know how traffic signals work. I know how uh, our uh, streets and traffic maintenance operates. So I, I think that I, I bring a level of understanding and a level of expertise in getting that done. Okay. Nikki, how about you,
0: your priorities?
3: As Mr. Hicks said, that that's definitely um, our primary focus in this role is, is our roads, our infrastructure, parks, and public safety, for sure. Those are those are at the top. Um, regarding economic development, I have a um, personal connection to wanting to see, you know, our, our businesses be very successful because when they're successful, they're going to create more opportunities for Tucsonans. There's going to be more revenue generated, which is going to, allow us to do these things that we want that we need to do with our roads and public safety and parks so for me what that looks like is really creating a streamlined process for business for entrepreneurs as they're trying to navigate working with the city i've talked to a lot of people on the doors a lot of business owners and i've heard their challenges and how complex it can be for some individuals to you know go through different processes with planning and development services because You know, there's uh, so many different things that people have to do when they're working on businesses, and working with the city is just one of those things. So I want to be as efficient as we can um, with our business owners so that they can get back to doing what they do professionally and and growing opportunity in the city. We also have a lot of young professionals. We talk about the brain drain and wanting to attract and retain young talent. Um, And I am one of those people that chose to stay in Tucson. I wasn't born and raised here, but I got stationed here, and I loved it, and I didn't want to be anywhere else. And as a result, I spent a lot of time struggling to find work, but I didn't want to move. So um, to me, that looks like making Tucson a place where millennials want to be um, by investing in you know, our infrastructure, as we've talked about, and just doing all the core things that that are going to move our city forward. But specifically, I want to bring my... Um, technology, entrepreneur background, as well as just being a millennial and being able to relate to other millennials and say, "Hey Tucson is a great place to be, you know, come join us and stay.
1: what What kind of infrastructure do you think that millennials do want to see?
3: You know, not even just millennials, but a, a lot of people want to see more walkable cities. There is a, a huge movement of baby boomers that are moving downtown. People want to downsize, people want to live in areas that are walkable. So you know, in terms of transportation, it's not just just millennials that want to be able to downsize and walk to and from. So we want to have you know the smart streets, the safe safe streets, bikeways, um, and connecting our transportation. So we've got the light rail. Um, eventually, in the future, you know, I would love to see the light rail expanded out to just be more connected. So that you know, out in Ward Four, we have, we are really dependent on vehicles. We're spread out. And we're very vehicle dependent. So anything that we can do to iteratively move our city forward and connecting us, um, who knows what technology is going to be like even in 20 years from now. But just always looking at those opportunities to connect people better, more efficiently, reduce our carbon footprint and reduce
0: that dependency on vehicles is going to be a win. As you know, the ward elections, you're running for ward four, but the votes will come from across the city. What is it? And is there what issue is there in Ward 4 that is different perhaps or shows up differently than in the rest of the city? And how do you address that? So, Ward 4
3: is under a lot of growth. We have a lot of open space out there. We have a lot of state lands that are going through the process of um, being prepared to be sold off and be developed on. And that's gonna be something that we're gonna be living through over the next and 20 years um, based on the, the development plan. So that's something that is unique to Ward 4 is this opportunity to grow and the need to do it in a very sustainable way. Um, a lot of people are not super happy about the growth. A lot of people move out to Ward 4, myself included, because it's on the edge of town, it's kind of quiet, it's dark, and I think people are concerned about it becoming you know, too congested, and that, that's a valid Concern. So, we need to make sure we're staying ahead of the infrastructure, making sure that traffic is not going to be impacted, and just doing this growth in a sustainable way and involving the neighborhoods and the community members to make sure that their voices are heard.
2: Okay, and, and I agree. You know, I used to ride my uh, mountain bike out there quite, quite a bit out there on Houghton. Uh, there's, there's the transportation, there's a big issue that's out there continuously still. As Nikki said, that's the one of the fastest-growing areas out there. The RTA has been working on their projects, and currently, uh, it's my understanding that the RTA
0: is starting to dwindle in their funding, which is going to hamper a lot of the
2: uh, RTA projects that are out there. The 22nd Street project, the Halton Road, the Harrison Road. It was supposed to be a bridge that's going to go over Harrison Road, that's going to help that 22nd street from Camino Seco to these things are transportation issues that need to get resolved and we need to start thinking about these more realistically and get these things done uh, so transportation is a big issue out there we don't have bus service out there we have the 110 that goes out to Rita Ranch and that's about it there's a little small uh, circular that goes out but we we need to start looking at Ward 4 as not the ugly stepchild in Tucson. Uh, most of the focus has been in central Tucson and dealing with the sprawl. Uh, but we need to... We, it's it's reality that Ward 4 is one of the fastest-growing wards, and we need to make sure that we have the transportation infrastructure there. Not only that, but also the, the public safety issue there. And Rita Ranch, there's one... Uh, police substation and one fire department that's for that entire area down there. Uh, we, we need to look at that. We need to do more smart growth in Tucson, and we're moving through. Uh, I remember when my dad indicated mountain to mountain, we really need to start looking at that even more, even trying to get our hands around the uh, growth of the east side. Since there is the, the ward primaries along
1: with the citywide general, how will you ensure voters at both the ward and city level
2: that you have their interests at heart? Let's go ahead. Mike, you first. Well, we will be, the, the winner of this race is going to be the ward four candidate, but we're going to be a city of Tucson candidate, which means that we need to be part of every aspect of the city, and work for every aspect of the city. As I said, I love this city. I am from here. I wasn't born here, but I'm from here. I've spent all my entire life here. I want. I. I see us no different than the mayor. The only difference between the city council member and the mayor is the mayor runs the meetings and they cut the ribbons and they sign all of the uh, the paperwork from the uh, mayor and council. We are a city. Council members, we should be involved in every aspect of every part of this city, no matter whose ward it is. That's the way I see it, and that's the way I'm going to approach it. I've I've lived on every part of this city. I lived over off of uh, Ajo and Mission. I lived at uh, off of uh, Cortero Road. I've lived off of Rufroff. I've lived on the south side, east side, central. I I know what's going on. I've been around for quite some time. So it's, and there's, for the economic development, we have some economic development initiatives uh, that we can put in each of the wards to make each of the wards more prosperous. And that's one of the goals that I will be working on is setting up these uh, incubators in each of the wards.
3: So this afternoon I was on the Bill Buckmaster Show and he asked me a good question, he said, are you a team player? And I, I explained that um, we've been canvassing in Ward 4 since January, we stayed focused in Ward 4 intentionally through the primary because I, I want people to understand and to recognize that I'm focused on representing Ward 4. Um, <clears throat> In regard to being a team player, I've spent a lot of time building relationships with other, with with current city council members and people who are likely to be city council members, because I think there's a role to play as a team and then there's a role to play as a leader. So when it comes to issues that might not directly impact Ward 4, maybe a project in another ward, um, I will very much be a team player and rely on the person who represents that ward to really lead in that area when there is issue that that arise specific to Ward 4, I plan to lead in that area. So that's really how I see the relationship is relying on the team members of the City Council um, to to know better the things that are happening in their ward, and I expect that people would know that I'm able to speak to and lead
0: on the issues that affect Ward 4. That's kind of how I see that. With uh, economic development, um, what are your thoughts on the deals such as Caterpillar- uh tax incentives um arrangements, you know, with the city to bring in economic development to help country c- countries, to help companies, we don't need the whole country coming here, um, to help companies relocate or develop in Tucson. What are your thoughts on tax breaks, tax incentive areas for private development? Nikki, why don't you go first? So I think that those are all tools. That we have available to be
3: competitive when it comes to attracting companies here, growing our own companies here and cultivating businesses and and startups here in Tucson. Um, So I think that those can be used, you know, in order for us to be competitive. I think that, you know, there's a lot of tech jobs in Arizona. We're really growing in that space, which as someone from that industry, I'm, I'm happy about we're also competing with Phoenix, and we have to use different tools to be able to be competitive. So I think that those should stay as part of our tool toolkit um, in order for us to be competitive and bring opportunities here to Tucson and grow opportunities for people who live here. Michael?
2: Well, I, I also believe in uh, helping uh, bringing in business in here and utilizing our Opportunity Zone Investment uh, Funds. To bring those in, we, we have to look at this in regards to if, if we're going to be a, a smart city, we need to be thinking smart to bring in individuals and corporations. Uh, in regards to Caterpillar, I, I like the idea that we brought in Caterpillar. I'll be honest, I'm not too thrilled with the location. I thought the city and the county should have worked better to uh, arrange. The ballparks and that better than what it was back when they moved Kino Sports Park over on the Oppo instead of out on the Mission area. Uh, so we, it, it's not just doing the incentives, but it's also communication with our neighbors and our our uh, comrades in regards to Pima County Board of Supervisors, Chuck Huckleberry, and them and building a better relationship with them to bring in more, because they could also help bring in more business into Tucson. Uh, One of the things with Caterpillar is, my understanding is, yes, Caterpillar's here, but most of the people that work there don't live in Tucson. They live in Marana, they live in Oro Valley, they live in Saugrita. We need to take that into consideration and figure out how we can do that a little bit better to where they want to live in Tucson.
0: And just as a point of clarification, when you were saying about the location, were you saying that you wished that the city and county had put the ballpark in that location rather than out on Ajo where it is now? Correct. Okay.
2: I just and and to... there, there was, if anybody who remembers, there was some little infighting between the city and the county. Just a little here. bit. So, that, and that's what I mean. These things, we should not be doing these fighting. We shouldn't be doing these infighting. We should be working together to make Tucson. And the region, because if Tucson, such as with TUSD, if TUSD succeeds, Tucson can succeed. Tucson succeeds, Pima County succeeds. So it's a it's a trickling effect, and we need to work all. Okay. Uh, well, as the signal engineer for the city of Tucson, I dealt with other jurisdictions. I dealt, and it was funny how people at my my level we work together. We We did things together, but the higher you went, the less the communication began. Uh, I believe that I like to talk. I'm a teacher, so I like to to discuss and communicate and not only uh, talk and communicate with others, but also listen. I'm not dumb enough to understand that other people may have better ideas than I do or an idea that's different than I am. So we need to be able to work back and forth and... To get things for the betterment of the city and the region, so it's really communication, open communication.
0: Um The as you said, um, this election will you know will change the mayor, will change um, three, three different wards, three of yeah. the wards
2: could potentially change,
0: right? Um,
2: but we'll we'll change two, one potentially.
0: Yes, thank you. Um so what is it do you think about you specifically what qualities do you bring to that patent, that group of the city council that you think other people may not have that ability to um to work on a city council like what what assets do you bring that would be unique to the council and Michael we want to go first okay
2: and nothing against Nikki but You know, I I have history. I know the history of Tucson, again, like I said, my father was the mayor of Tucson for 16 years. So I have history going back to that point of it, uh, and the history of me being on on working for the city of Tucson for 23 years. So I have that history. I understand how a lot of the integral parts of the city government works. A lot of people think that you just come in and you start doing things. There's a lot more to being at. It's also, you know, the housing authority. There's other aspects of being a city council member that that will take effect. But it's it's like as Nikki was saying, communication. We need to have good communication with each of us, each ward. Uh, what I plan on doing is having meetings with each of the other uh, city council members. And meet with them and decide and try to work these things out. I already built a, a couple of good relationships with a couple of the uh, city council members through not only through my experience with the city of Tucson as, as an employee, but also through TUSD and just being myself. So I, I, I like to work with people. Uh, I always have. I always will. And I guess that's, I'm I'm open for communication with everyone.
3: Thank you. All right, so as far as my background, I have spent probably the last half of my career in um, project management type roles. And what that requires is you to manage resources, people, budgets, timelines, without always having much authority. So you have a lot of influence and responsibility, but you don't have direct authority over a lot of the people that you're working with. And so that's kind of the environment that I thrive in um, by building relationships, by communicating, because you can't threaten someone with, you know, some sort of disciplinary action. In a lot of these instances, you have to get alignment. You have to really build relationships with people and find ways of working together. And that's just naturally part of who I am and what I do on a professional level. And that's what I see as one of my biggest strengths to being able to be effective in city council is to build those relationships, have influence without authority
0: and just get people together and get stuff done. Great, I think uh, you, you each have in your background something that could be, um, that I think is unique to uh, what the city council would be comprised of whether now or, or in the future. Um, Nikki, I think it's your military background with the Air Force and DM. And Michael, I think it's your time on the Tucson Unified School District Governing Board. Um, could you talk a bit about if you think that is actually something that is an asset coming forward and how those specific experiences would shape how you would do the job of a city council person? And whoever would like to go first, Nikki, you wanna Here we go? go. I can go. Okay. Um, <laughs> he likes
2: to <laughs> He's a well, <laughs> well, again, you brought in, you know, my TUSD. Uh, as you know, I was the sole Republican on the TUSD school board and during some times that was pretty uh, heavy, uh, well, actually controversial times. We, we survived that. We made TUSD grow. Uh, I ended up becoming the president of the the board. Um, it, it so and I didn't do that just by sitting there not doing anything. It was working relationships with the other four individuals who were on the on that board. Uh, so I think I think my ability to do that and know that I can work with others and know that they can work with me. Yes, you're going to have differences of opinion. Yes, you're you're going to have little, but one thing about me is I don't hold anything, so I don't sit now stew for days and days and days and days. I'll get upset, and that's over with, and then we're back to working together to move whether it's TUSD forward, City of Tucson forward, or whatever. Uh, I'll be honest, my wife really hates that because we'll get in an argument. Mm-hmm. Next thing, you know, I'm done with it. And she's like, what do you mean you're done? (laughs) Uh, And, you know, and life is too short. I want to make life here the best I can while I can and and do what I can to make everyone's lives better. Uh, I do that through communication. Like, you know, like you said, I like to talk. Uh, I think I, I... did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's what I bring forward. That, my experience, you know, and my experience with my father, seeing him. Remember, he was the sole Republican for quite a, quite a few years, and he taught us how to work with others that you maybe not see eye to eye to, but you work together. Okay.
0: Thank you.
3: So for me, um, joining the military at 17 and being here now running for office, um, to me it's just about continuing service but just in a a different way. So I went into the military because I wanted to serve. Um, I grew up in a very patriotic family, a family with a lot of military veterans. So to me this is just continuing my service to my country but just doing it much more locally. So um, I think, you know, the military teaches you a lot. I grew up in a, in a small area, not much diversity, not much diversity of thought or, or diversity for that matter at all. But when you join the military and you travel, you're stationed with people from all walks of life, all different belief systems. And that really changed who I am as a person and traveling all over the world and seeing the way people live in, in Afghanistan and huts and you know mud huts and everything. It really changes the way that you look at the world. So I'm bringing that to the table, um, continuing my service and um, and just continuing to fight, you know, fight for our community, fight for the people of Tucson and just keep moving, moving forward. Um, for me, I like to communicate, too, but I also like to be concise, you know, I'm millennial. So uh, the, the tweetable, shorter characters. But um, but yeah, I think that that's really what you know, the military did for me and my service in the military and how it shaped me and brought me here today. Do you
0: think your time at uh, Davis-Monthan uh, would be would uh, inform your uh, or influence uh, any work you might do on the council? Well, I definitely understand better the missions
3: out of DM and what, what the base and the missions do on a global scale. So because I was stationed there, I have that insight, which I do think would be valuable if there are decisions that need to be made regarding um, the base. But...
0: And then, um, Michael, do you think uh, you alluded to some tension on the the TUSD Governing Board? Um, Some. 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 (laughs) I'm trying to be polite. It's
2: still there. It is. It is. (laughs) It shall
0: always be. But do you think operating in that sort of environment where it is very divisive, um, do you think that would affect how you interact with colleagues on the council?
2: I, I think it, it helps, but I think even prior to that, it, it was my upbringing from my father who also was in the military, so he showed us you know, the right things to do in all the different missions that DM does. But it's, it was the idea that you have, have to work with individuals to move things forward. If He always made the statement, if you're, if you're going to complain about something either have a remedy for it or do something about it. So I chose to do something about it because I didn't really have a remedy to do and to fix it, but to get involved with it. Uh, But I think, yeah, I, I think being on the school board really opened my eyes a little bit more in regards to the difficulties that you can have when one individual has one thought of how something should happen and you have a different thought of how something should happen. But it, but it really helped in regards to bringing it together to move forward uh, with with the goal, which was the goal for TUSD was the betterment of our children. And the goal for the city of Tucson is the betterment of the city of Tucson and the region around it. And also the TUSD, because we operate together and it should be both uh, seamlessly working together to for the betterment of the whole community
0: okay.
1: earlier today we had the uh, proponents and opponents of proposition 205 in here now that's also something that's a little bit controversial here within the city. I was wondering what your personal stance on the propositions are which way you'll be voting. And number two, if it were to pass, what would your approach on the city council be to helping defend uh, a piece of proposition or a piece of legislation that you may not be in agreement with? And Mike, Mike, why don't you go
2: 1st Go right, go first. Okay. Uh, well, first and foremost, I don't believe in the proposition the way that it's written. I believe that it's, it will uh, threaten. 115 million dollars from state funding uh, to potentially uh, interfere with over 44 million dollars in federal funding. I I, it, I don't I I have a hard uh, belief that you know they're guaranteeing that that's not going to happen. I've been here long enough to know that that can happen. Uh, so I'm not supportive of the uh, Two hundred five, the way it's written, Tucson is already a uh, immigrant-friendly community. I'm not understanding why we're taking the next step. But if it does pass, then it's going to be, you know, what it is, and I'm going to have to do what I can. I may not like it, but I'm going to have. I'm not going to
0: sabotage or go after something that I, I'll
2: have to. You know, it's it's like. The president of the United States, you may not like him, but he's still the president of the United States. Uh, Or the governor of Arizona, he's still the governor of Arizona. Or the mayor of Tucson, they're still the mayor of Tucson. You still have to work with them and move forward. The goal is to make Tucson, my goal is going to make Tucson a better place to live for everyone.
3: So over the years, I've had the opportunity to get to know a lot of the people who who initiated this ballot initiative, and I, I've heard their stories. I understand why they felt that certain members of our community um, don't feel safe in our community. So I don't at all want to minimize what anyone has experienced or family members that they've lost or anything, because that's those are very valid um, motivations for people to bring this into the conversation in, in 2019. Um, my background, again, as a project manager, a lot of that work also involves risk management and the risk of potentially being sued by the state and losing state shared revenue is just too great for me to be able to support the initiative as it is, and it is an initiative which, if there would be changes that would need to be made, it would be very difficult. So for that reason, I am not supporting the initiative, um, but again, I understand why People want to step up and have these conversations in this political climate. It's very important that we continue identifying gaps that exist and making sure we're addressing those. If it passes or if it doesn't, I will support the will of the voters, whatever that may be, regardless of how I personally feel about it. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Um, we talked about economic development, transportation, are there other areas that we haven't gone over yet that you think um, that are important in your, your platform, uh, something specific that may not be as much on the radar in terms of the big topics of economic development and transportation? Nikki, would you like to go first? Yeah, I think it kind of goes within economic
3: development, but workforce development, um, that's an issue that keeps me up at night. Being in the technology industry, there is disruption in, in almost every industry, from trades to truck driving to everything. Technology is disrupting industries. It's displacing workers. People are having to change careers you know, halfway through their life when they thought they were in a stable career, and technology is just disrupting that. So as a technology person who's been part of that problem, I want to be part of the solution. So that's a specific area that I want to really focus on, making sure that we have Programs And we're working with business and Pima Community College and the U of A to make sure that the training is going to be there to support the jobs of the future. So that's one thing that that keeps me up at night that I really feel passionate about being a part of that solution. Um, And I also think that we can really lead the way and continue leading in the space of addressing climate change, reducing our carbon footprint. There's initiatives out there to plant a lot of trees across the city. And I think we should keep doing that because it's getting I mean, it's always hot here, but it's really it, it we don't want it to get any hotter so trees are going to give us the shade um, add green space and trees help pull some of the carbon out of the atmosphere so it's really a win win-win situation so i want to focus on leading the way um, and what we can do as a city that's relevant as a city to reduce our carbon footprint across the board so those are my my extra top two bonus sprinkles
0: on my ice cream cone <laughs> michael
2: Okay, Uh, I agree. Also, uh, workforce development. Uh, As you know, we just, well, TUSD just opened up at Santa Rita. Yay. The uh, uh, dental hygiene uh, uh, lab and also the construction lab and also the diesel mechanic lab. So bringing those individuals and starting even at the high school level because not all high school kids are going to go to college and go forward with that. So they need a trade. Uh, already currently at uh, Santa Rita, both of those uh, uh, classes are full. We're looking at over at Choya High School opening up some more CTE uh, labs. The other thing that, so the education through High school, through Pima College, through the University of Arizona, and giving individuals the ability to stay here, I think, does a lot. Uh, the other thing that is is one of my pet peeves is our parks. Try to play soccer. That, I have two children. My son played soccer, and he played soccer at different parks, Lincoln Park, uh, Udall Park, and it's a little difficult to play soccer on dirt. I think that's a travesty. We try to be, you know, the Pima County is pushing a lot for soccer. They're getting a lot of their soccer fields. We need, as a city, to also start bringing better soccer fields, better baseball fields. If you look, go over to Udall Park, it's all dirt. The baseball fields are dirt. Uh, I, I want to see us get better with our parks, even our smaller parks. I want to see uh, parks where they can be utilized by everyone. We talk about us being a bicycle-friendly community. Well, my son, I remember back in the day riding his bike. bicycle, they had to go into the ditches to do that, and then TPD would come in and kick them out of the ditches we don't give the kids a place for them to be able to do things, uh, especially on their bicycles. Uh, Rita Ranch has a skateboard park, but the bicycles aren't allowed to be in there. We need to start thinking more collaboratively amongst our, our young youth in regards to what they can do and what they, where they're not gonna get in trouble. We Keep talking about the troubles that they get into. We keep wanting them to get out and play. Well, we put them out to go play, and then they get in trouble for going to play in the areas that they do. So we need to really start thinking about our parks and being able to utilize our parks for everyone. Not only just the dog parks, but you know, people walking. Uh, Randolph Park, or Reed Park, I guess it's still Randolph to me, is a good example. More of those type of parks need to be out.
0: So how do you pay for that?
2: Through well as Nikki was saying also, and I was saying, economic development, if we bring in the economic development, we can bring in, I, I, I can guarantee, I can bring in over $1.2 billion in new economic development into the city of Tucson. I guarantee that.
0: I'm sorry,
2: 1.2? 1.2 million, billion, billion with a B. With these technology parks, we can get set up doing different uh Aspects of it there's there's ways that we can go out and really get Businesses interested here, you know, we had trio. I I talked to business owners all over and There's the communication about trio and what they do our local businesses bring in more In regards to local but we got to take care of our local business first and foremost they're being taxed by 14% which is just nuts. So we're running them out. Not only that, but now with the minimum wage going where it's at, it's hard for them to stay in business also. We need to figure out a way to get more business and being able to get more people here to be able to sustain, or we're not gonna be able to sustain where we're going, especially with all this that's happening. Okay, thank you.
0: Would you like to respond? Can you remind me what the question was, please? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, That is a really good question.
2: It was the it was Oh, uh, how do you oh, pay, how do
3: we pay for it? How do you pay oh, yeah. for it? Yeah. Yes. Um, everything, you know, that we're talking about to me does come down to economic development. If we can create a robust, strong, diversified economy and support our businesses, mm-hmm. that's going to bring in the revenue. And that, that's going to allow us to scale and do the things that we agree that we need to do with our parks and our roads and, and expanding public safety and making sure that, that those issues are addressed part of our core services. So...
2: If I can just, I am not a proponent of raising taxes. Okay. Southern Arizona is one of the, or is, the highest taxed community in the state of Arizona. That's just absurd.
0: That was my next question.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> so you you just started to get at what I was going to ask,
3: Michael, but um, as Sarah said at the beginning, we appreciate these conversations being conversations, not debates, and you all are both doing a wonderful job of, of that. Uh, as a result, however, since you're not screaming at each other, it's not always obvious for people listening at home to see what the differences are. So if you could address, um, I guess we'll start with Nikki,
0: why you're a Democrat, Michael, why you're a Republican. That's what I said. You started to get there at the end of that last question. Uh, but just to help people understand a little bit what your uh, personal philosophy and your philosophy as, a, as somebody holding office would be.
3: And you wanted to start with me? Please. Okay. So I have a really interesting political journey, and when I talk about it at different events, a lot of times people will come up to me and whisper to me, and they'll say, me too. Um, But I grew up, like I said, in a really small, rural farming town in a very conservative area of the country. My dad has been a blue-collar worker in the above-ground mineral mining industry now for 45 years. He's getting ready to retire finally this year. So I was born and raised in a Republican household, and I was born and raised with Republican values instilled in me at a young age. Um, And once I went into the military and traveled and um, started experiencing different things and hearing different ways of thinking, it changed my, my beliefs about the world. So I had a kind of a journey that has allowed me to really... Understand where people are coming from. If we have a different letter after our name, Mr. Hicks and I get along just fine when we see mm-hmm. each other out and about because um, I have an understanding of people that are in different levels of the political spectrum. So for me, I think that's what will make me effective in this role is that I can sit down with somebody and find common ground or find some way to connect with them and build that relationship and establish trust to then move forward and start working together. So, um, you know, as I, as I went through this political journey, Um, just for certain issues, it, it put me into the, the democratic category, my, um, support for women's right to choose. Um, that was really the, the big thing that flipped me into that category, um, believing in, in women and all people's autonomy over their body. So that's really what put me in that category. Um, and, but but my journey brought me here to be able to work with people across the spectrum because I truly understand where people come from and and I respect the difference in values.
0: Thank you, Michael.
2: Actually, mine was actually different. <laughs> uh, my real family uh, was—I grew up Democrat, and I remember my grandfather talking about as long as you vote D, you we can't go wrong. So that that went on. Uh, but then when when I, I became more of an adult and got in with the Murphys, I, I started seeing, I, I believe, I truly do believe in hand-ups, not hand-outs. Uh, I believe in helping your, your fellow neighbor and people who need help. Uh, I'm a hard worker. I've been on my own since I was 15 years old, Uh People know my, my, my back story in regards to my real father and my mother. But I, at 15, I was on my own. I worked. I went worked. I went to school. I worked until I'm still working to this day. Uh, I never really relied on, on others to uh, really support me. I relied on others, or others helped me. They gave me hand-ups to be able to do things. Uh, if, I can tell you that if it wasn't for Lou Murphy, I'd either be dead or in jail right now. Uh, so th- I believe in that, I, I believe in helping others, but I don't believe in just handing out. Uh, I don't believe in big government. I don't think government has a place to you know, tell you everything about your, your, what you're going to do. You know, there's still laws on the books about living together and not being married. It's just absurd. So I, I'm not a big proponent of, of uh, uh, big government. I'm, I'm a conservative, I, I'm more in the middle Republican. Uh, I, I, I just believe in, in less government. I believe that government's here to help people, not dictate what you're going to do or how you're going to do it. And what we're going to take from you to give to X. Uh, because I am one of those. Like I said, I worked all my life. I still work. I have three jobs. I went from five jobs down to three jobs. So, you know, I, I did. I also now teach motorcycles. I've been teaching motorcycles on the weekends for two and a half years now, with teaching at Pima also for 34 years. So, It's that work ethic that I think uh, brought me more into the Republican side of it. But I'm not as conservative as some are, and I'm not as liberal Republican as some think. Because I do have different values, and I do have different beliefs. Like Nikki was saying, I do believe in a woman's right to choose. Uh, I don't believe in the way that New York City has... Done that. To be honest with you. Uh, so there's there's differences in that. I don't believe in what California has done with their homelessness. That really frustrates me to no end. That you know, we're doing this, but this is what we have. We we should not allow individuals to get to that point. Okay. Great. Well, we are
0: almost at our hour. Do you have any other questions? I'm good. I have one quick one. Um,
2: again, Do you just want ha- a quick question or an
3: answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, again, to help people get to know you, other than home and work, where are three places in Tucson where you often are?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to have to take this first.
3: <laughs> McGraw's Cantina. It's up the hill. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite restaurant in town. Um, school events. All the time, field trips. Um, that's two. And then probably more McGraw's Cantina. I <laughs> have the best, the Gila Monster Burger is the best burger in town. Writing that down. Gila Monster Burger. And um, they have a great margarita. So, but yeah, it's a lot of. And a great view. And a great view. It's a lot of. Um, and it's in Ward 4. It's in Ward 4. <laughs> <laughs> It's just right up the hill from where I live. So that, that's definitely my favorite local spot. And then mostly wherever my kids' events are. That's where I'm at if I'm not working or knocking on doors, or
0: yeah,
2: being a parent. Uh, favorite place. Well, I I guess my moose lodge. Uh, I'm a moose rider, so I ride a Harley Davidson. Uh, I love when I can go out and ride my bike, ride ride with others.
0: Your we, motorcycle.
2: My motorcycles. Uh, we we do events for young, for children, adults, and animals. So we do those. So we're always out doing that. Uh, I love teaching motorcycles. I, I I love doing that. So that's a stress release for me. Uh, you're I'm, teaching
0: people how to ride safely or mechanics.
2: I am, no ride safely. I'm an MSF rider coach. Uh, I teach. Uh, the uh, basic rider course, the confident rider course, the three-wheel course, uh, and the Harley-Davidson course. Although that one I have to ride all the way up to Phoenix, Buddy Stubbs, to do that. I love doing that, uh, and I love just helping my friends. I end up going to my friend's house and helping them do things. Uh, I have some other friends, uh, the Murphys, Always calling, hey, can you come over? So, I—that's I, pretty much what I love doing. I, when my, my children are grown now, so I don't get to do the school stuff. I remember when my, from the time my son went to uh, kindergarten till the time my daughter went to middle school, I went to the school every single school day. I did not miss one. We played with the kids. I did everything. She broke my heart. Just so you know, when we when she started Ridley Middle School, she's like, uh-uh, <laughs> no more. I was like,
3: you're supposed to do that. Really? <laughs> well,
2: I'm telling you, it did. It broke my heart that I wasn't able to go, but I, I learned. But, you know, I, I like doing things, and like Nikki, you know, and just so you know, Nikki and I do get along, and I've, we've had conversations that whoever wins, we're each going to still continue to work together to make Ward 4, a great ward, and also the rest of the city, so...